selamat datang. Welcome to Musa on Air episode 2. We're so happy to have all of you here. And I think today's uh, topic is very interesting because uh, all of us are starting week 3 right now. Um, it's getting tense uh, knowing how to study, what to prepare. I think all of us are trying to strategically plan our semester as well. So today's topic, that's what we're going to talk about. How we're going to set ourselves up for a successful semester and what does success mean? Maybe in the sense of academically as students, um, I think I would think that success would mean HD or 71 and above. But let's deep dive into those topics. You know, is it worth it to set aside our own mental and physical well-being for grades? So now we have a special guest, Dr. Tae Yong Yen. You might know him as a tutor from international management, and he also is also a fellow meme king around his students. So, Dr. Tae Yong Yen uh, is also a Monash graduate and he has completed his master's and PhD. So, I think this is a lovely opportunity for us to mine on his experience and his professionalism as not only a tutor but also someone who has gone through the notions of being a student and graduating. So, first of all, I think as an icebreaker, I would like to pose this question to my uh, host today, Saeed and Nuru. So, how do you guys feel before an exam usually? I'm not, I don't get nervous before exams. I know that's really weird. Like maybe the the morning I wake up from exam, I get super like anxious and, and feel like I can't eat. But right before the exam, I just, it's dead silent in my head. There's no thoughts. I just have to go in there and like be a robot and, and finish it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, for me, it's quite different. If I'm being honest, I think I've told you guys this before in private. I feel like I just want to get the exam over with. Okay, I hate exams. I hate exam pressures. I just wanted to get it over with. So in my mind, it's like, whatever I need to do, I'm going to do, get this exam over with. And number two, I'm so scared about technical difficulties in Zoom. It really, really worries me. More than the exam questions, it's the technical difficulties which get me so scared. So yeah, that's pretty much it. But those aren't your fault, really, you know? I know, but it's like, to what extent will the teachers actually accept technical difficulties? Like, they don't know what's happening in my laptop, right? So, yeah, that's a bit scary. No, I totally get Simon's point. Like, I think especially since everything has gone on Moodle, I think there's always that anxiousness uh, when it's like five seconds before uh, the Moodle page for submission closes. And within that five seconds, I'm trying to change my Word doc to PDF. I'm trying to find it within my computer. Like, I get mini heart attacks all the time. <laughs> and I think the the biggest question students have after exam is if I'm five seconds late, will the lecturer still accept my paper? So maybe Dr. Tay can like shed some light on that. Definitely, definitely. You know, I, I think, you know, the three of us are, are very different. So we thought it's interesting, like how similar are Monash students before an exam? How do we feel? So we thought, let's just ask them, right? So on Instagram, we set up a poll on Musa uh, asking students, how do you feel before an exam? And we got some really funny, some really unexpected answers. So thank you so much if you replied. We really appreciate it. And we hope we can have more student interaction in the future. So so one thing I, I really just need to mention is that so many students seem to have, how do I say this? Um, digestion issues before an exam do you know what I mean <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of toilet toilet activity going on before exam why is this I mean here we have um before an exam I feel like you have to go to the toilet multiple, multiple times you know um 
take a shit, go number two, poop. These are, I'm quoting, I'm not, these aren't me making up answers. This is, this is what students said, you know, it, it, a lot of nausea, a lot of numbness. So, so I think that's fine. That's fun, isn't it? It's kind of shocking for me. It's not fun. I don't know. But because I didn't, I mean, I would not expect that people have so many stomach problems before exams. I get being nauseous, but it's it's just funny to me because I, I'm not the type of person who does all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I just take a bath or maybe I just relax, listen to music. I'm shocked no one listens to music before exams. I was very shocked by that. It relaxes me. Oh, that's a good point, though. You'd expect that like more people would would have these rituals, which actually goes on to the next point. We ask students, what's the weirdest pre-exam ritual you have? And so we actually came up with this question um, amongst the podcast hosts and our publicity officer. And we, we had some seriously strange, but they were really funny rituals. And one of them I just want to share is what um, our, our officer Joseph shared with us. He had a friend who would go outside of Monash and yell HD towards the building five times. And I think that's brilliant. I just think that's so funny, isn't it? What, what do you guys think? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, the power of making things happen, right? You yell it, but I don't know how effective that is. But I mean, if it works for him, then go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so much you can, there's only so much you can do before an exam. It's not like you can cram anything in your head to study like it. It'll all go when you're in the exam room. So even it's kind of even though it's kind of irrelevant, it gets you into that mindset. So so one person here said they play Dota. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about Dota. I mean, <laughs> do you guys play video games? I do. I don't. I don't play Dota, but I do know that. I think that's a good way. You know, it's like yeah, you're kind of like not forgetting about the exam, but you're giving yourself a mental break from all the tensions and stress, and you're just doing something you like. So it's kind of similar to playing music. You're just releasing your stress, doing something you like, and then going for the exam. I, I prefer that. Van, what about you? What do you think? Playing Dota before an exam? Personally, I don't play games before an exam, but I guess it makes sense. Like, you know, you try to sharpen your brain cells. Like, so I, I do understand in games, like, there is like a split seconds type of like, response. So I guess in that way, it can translate to your uh, question. And so answer. trigger your fright, fight or flight response before that exam. Okay, I see. <laughs> so um, let's see if there's any more. Um, breakfast choices. They always have yogurt before breakfast or else they'd be because they're too nervous to eat anything else. Oh, another thing to do with the digestive system. Yeah. Why do people have so many digestive issues? Like, is there something wrong with their diet or something wrong with the way they're living or something? I don't get it. It is kind of worrying that we have that much anxiety that like it's affecting us physically and it's manifesting into all these like really terrible things. Honestly, I'm one of those, I'm one of those number two people. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it to you guys that those who don't have it, but it's just like this rumbles in your tummy that you just can't stop right, right before you want to sit down for an exam. It's like, you gotta go or you mm -mm. die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Better yeah. before the exam than during the exam. I totally get that. Okay, and then there's one answer. Sharing our Monash fish for 30 seconds for good luck. Monash fish. I want a Monash fish. I, I did not hear about a Monash fish before I came here. Do you guys know of this I Monash fish? I still don't fish? know about a Monash fish. I didn't understand this question. <laughs> like, Guys, let us know. What is a Monash fish? Okay, so that that's, that's some pretty fun stuff. I think it's important to have these little 
funny rituals. It, it builds our morale of as students because sometimes it's really not up to us whether we get that HD or that D, right?、Um, It's up to a tutor and the lecturer who's marking our papers, which is which is great because we happen to have one of them here today to talk to us about success in Wanash. Saim, do you want to introduce him? So I'm very honored to have actually been studying with this teacher. I just started studying with him. He teaches international management, and like Wen mentioned at the beginning, we're going to be talking more with him, asking him questions, getting to know his opinion about a lot of stuff. So before we go ahead and ask, start asking him questions, I just would like Mr. Tay. Would you want to give a bit of introduction about yourself? Hi, everybody. I hope I hope everybody is doing fine in the this current semester. I know it just started. Um, just to tell you a little bit about myself, I went through what you all have been going through. And it is all part of our university life. And when we look back, you recognize that wow, we survive. Ah,、uh. I did my undergraduate majoring in business statistics and economics. Then I did my masters in international business after a few years of working. Ah,、uh. later on, I got my scholarship and、uh, finish off my PhD. And now I'm entertaining or educating ah、uh, students who want to be Monash graduates. Ah,、uh, contributing greatly to the society. Ah,、uh. that's about yeah, me. Ah,、uh. that's. Really nice to know. So I'm not going to ask you the boring questions of how were you like academically, what were your grades like, and all. I'm going to start by asking that in undergraduate, how were your life, how were you like in terms of your social life primarily? And if you want, you can also talk about academics. Back back then, when I was an undergraduate, which was fifteen, which was seventeen years ago. It was a very different campus. You all now have a new, relatively new campus, which is almost ten years old already, I guess. So things were different. Monash was smaller. However, if you ask me, I will actually during short breaks go back to during breaks given by the lecturer. I'll go back to my room and take a nap, and then continue back late for the lecture, the second half. <laughs> I will do this kind of things、uh, along the way. The time, of course, ah,、uh, during my undergraduate, I may not make a lot of friends, but because I was in the business statistics major, major around twenty over students, but they were really particular good friends, which ah,、uh, I want to say they were plus size ladies for a very skinny guy like me. But、uh, along the way, that time sometimes it, it it goes beyond just looks. But whoever you can click together in university, then it goes if you share certain interests. Ah,、uh, if you some people are very academic, not really my type. But you have a fun sense of ah、uh, grades are important. But let's also look at the the areas of social life. Ah,、uh. I mean one thing good during that time. Ah,、uh, of course besides just. Twelve hours of classroom. I had ample time to spend together my church friends. Beyond that, I also took some extra courses. So these were sometimes how do I fill up my time?、Uh, That's very nice,、together. you know, because we all have different experiences in Monash. Right now, we are studying in Monash, of course, and we have different priorities. Like like you said, not everyone's priority is to get good grades only and to study. People want to join different clubs and do different things. So,、uh, speaking of that. What would you guys say, Nurul and Ben? Would you be your priorities in Monash? Like, is it just studying, or do you want to get something more out of the university experience? I honestly think when I get caught up in my grades, I feel like I'm trapped. Like, I feel like every priority I have, like, I feel like I can't do anything else. I can't enjoy my time. I can't. Hang out with my friends and family because looming over in the back of my head, I just have my grades. Thinking how I should probably be reading this and I should probably be watching this lecture because, you know, I can get most out of this experience. So, I I totally agree with you that 
students should have these different priorities, but it's so hard to get out of that mindset that grades are the most important thing, you know? And I feel like it's something we have to talk talk through. Yeah, that's my, my priorities right now are grades, I'll be honest, but I wish it weren't, you know? Ben, what about you? Oh, I, I totally agree with you because um, for adults, you know, they have full-time work, which is their career. It could be as a business owner, as a teacher or whatever, but for students, our full-time career is um, our academics. So we are just graded solely based on that. You know, in university, it's about getting your uh, your distinctions, your HDs. So definitely there is that pressure there to uh, be successful academically, right? I think there's, there's a lot less emphasis, I think especially um, in Asia, uh, around maybe being more well-rounded uh, about uh, attending other extracurriculars, you know, uh, like trying to hone in your communication or uh, leadership skills. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it's just what does an HD and a D distinction really mean at the end of the day for us students? And like, it, it kind of encapsulates you know, us as a human, and, and that's re- a really big pressure you feel as a student, like at the end of the, this whole thing. Sure, we may have had all of these more wholesome experiences, but there's just like this number that's associated with us and like the, our jobs will like depend on it. It, it really feels like that. So, Sai, what are you going to say? say? that I have a bit of a different opinion than like both of you in the sense that, you know, I in the future, uh, I have business courses and I'm majoring in marketing and minoring international business, I want to hopefully do my own business in the future. And I feel like for me, from what I've seen, I've worked in the past too. I don't want to only do university for the grades. I want to do it for the experience in the future world of business. Because from what I learned is that there's so many aspects which university teaches us about, which help us in our future life, which are not at all academically related. For example, the way we handle each other and manage ourselves in clubs and societies and you know the way we work in groups in group projects these small things which we just do in order to get our gpa in the end are not actually just about the gpa it's about what we learn from that and it sounds cliche but i've done about one or two internships in the past and every time i go back and look at those internships it's these small things which i learned which helped me the most so for me of course the grades are priority because you can't land a good job uh, anywhere without good GPA, but these small experiences count. So uh, I'm just going to ask, uh, I'm not going to call you Mr. Dave because before you told us to call you, <laughs> you asked us to call you Master Tay, right? Was it Master Tay? Captain Tay, I am Captain Tay. Oh my God. <laughs> master Tay. <laughs> master is not a slave, Master. <laughs> You're not slaves. I, was, I thought it's wrong and it sounds wrong, but... <laughs> It's good that Noodle corrected me so <laughs> So, uh, Captain Tay, uh, what would you like to add on about uh, grades and university? <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. So, I think Noodle and Ven mentioned a very good point by what is a 70 actually, you know. And we may be having this mindset that we carry from primary school or even all the way maybe to kindergarten or nursery where actually 70 marks means we get 70% of our exam questions correct rather than uh, seeing it from what a distinction really means you know if we see that 70% is what is correct means that we, we may see the shortfall of 30% as we didn't answer it correctly 
So is that the correct way really Monash examines you all? We need to check that sometimes as well. But the meaning of distinction, the meaning of H-high distinction has to be clearly understood. And from there, hopefully, we feel encouraged when actually we may just get a credit for a subject we tried very hard. means that we are proficient in the subject. If we just pass, it is just satisfactory for Monash standard. And we must recognize Monash is one of the top 100 or one of the top 50 in the world, you know. We are considered one of the best universities. So if you get high distinction, it's really wonderful. You're of superior value. So be encouraged with what grades you have. If you have entered Monash, it's the first step to success. Yeah. Make sure you finish That's it and really, do it really well. good advice because like I said, it's university is not about one fit for all. Uh, it's about different people with different sets of skills, just like in real life. So you can't just expect that you can categorize everyone in one box of HD. So I completely agree with that. Uh, I'm just going to link to the second question with what you just said, uh, which is the fact that when you were in your university life, right, getting out of university, most people want a career. They want to feel prepared for their career. So do you think that you were prepared for your career, prepared for building your life about whatever you pictured? And in what ways were you not prepared coming out of university? Back then, I think more or less by seeing a job advertisement, you will know whether you are prepared on the surface without overworrying yourself. If you have such a degree with such a grade, then you will potentially qualify for an interview. And we must recognize we are Monash graduates, potentially or on the way to be there. And Monash does carry a certain degree of weight. However, we also recognize if we want to be competitive, we need to improve along the way, especially from a CV sense. And I think what Sayum is really uh, has highlighted his strategy is really good. He's talking about uh, having internships, showing that you are just beyond the academics. Even though we may the, your academic side may not be exceptionally well with a lot of HDs, you may be an all-rounded person, which organizations look forward to. So I, I would say that yes, I may not be prepared as in the sense to you. It's easy to to get an interview, but how well to perform in the interview? I would say I wasn't really prepared because back then, Monash was more academically or cognitively preparing the student. But now these days, wonderfully, Monash has also adopted capstones already. You got internships, you got BEW or capstones that prepare you all. Then you'll be just worrying, I why is this lecture examining me to prepare a bloody CV or just asking me to do a video interview. So these things are actually highly useful when you attend an interview and you have done before. So it really lessens the nervousness. You'll be yeah. more prepared. Uh. That is what do you guys think Nurul went about this? I mean, of course, we were still in university life and all of that. But when you see people coming out of university, if you know anyone who has experience coming out of university, the way they've acted, the way they have been, what are you guys' opinion about it? I've seen people come out of university feeling like they've been, you know, saved or that university was just a terrible place and that suddenly they're free, right? And, and I guess what I wish for myself when I got out of uni university is that I can look back and like feel fond about the memories and, and I don't feel so like it, it was all so painful, you know, because I think right now, you know, people really stress on, on mental and physical health during these times. And I feel like that's what sometimes leads people to believe that university is, is not a good place because it leads to how, you know, we mistreat ourselves and, and don't exactly take care of ourselves the best ways we can and, and fixate on 
on things that might be kind of minor. I don't know. Van, what, what do you think? I totally agree with you uh, about uh, university being uh, a place where we can experience stuff. Because, I mean, I, I guess there's this joke going around that, you know, uh, I paid hundreds and thousands of dollars uh, to get like a piece of paper. You know, that's my university degree. Which is putting it in very simplistic terms. Like, I, I think there's so much more than just uh, academics. Like, maybe that certificate, you know, that's uh, basically a standard that uh, for others to see that, oh yeah, I've achieved this standard because, you know, I went through this program in university. But that is only just the key uh, to enter the initial gate, you know, uh, like what Captain Tay said. Uh, <laughs> when you're really in the interview, you know, the company is interviewing your personality, you know. Uh, a piece of paper uh, certification is showing that you do have the technical skills but when they are interviewing you, when they want to get to know you it's about seeing how well of a fit you are in their company whether you uh, value the same things as their company values or as their mission statement and even uh, as colleagues, you know, even as friends within that company how you might operate or how you will deal with situations Yeah, yeah so Sam, what, what do you think? What do you I think mean, about this? I've said this before too. Uh, I'll reiterate. The thing is that I really do feel like that when you come out of your university life, you should be prepared in almost every single aspect. But then you shouldn't feel like you're not prepared just because you might not have the same qualification or the same experience or even the same grades as others. Because everyone has their own time to gain experience, gain success and, you know, get that job which you're really wanting to get. So just go about your own time and whatever you want will come. If it doesn't come in your early 20s, it'll come in your early 30s. But, you know, if you're patient with the process and believe it, then at some point you'll get what you want. It sounds cliche, but I actually really do believe that. Yeah, I like your point about, yeah, staying in the moment. And I think Siam mentioned a very good point, you know, and over time, I would tell you that actually graduates are getting younger. And even though there's this qualification in hand already, maybe the experiences of life has led to the graduate to be less prepared for work. Maybe that has contributed. So take your time on certain things. And I know everybody is in a rush to get out of Monash as a graduate. But sometimes I respect students who actually take things slower go on exchange, take an intermission to consider certain things because there are priorities in life that are more important than studies at that moment. So take things slowly. Some people take a gap year. Some people go on exchange, work, working holidays. I think as Malaysians and maybe Asians, we need to reflect and embrace other people's ideology about time rather than just getting the qualification and being less prepared than work than others. Adding on to uh, Captain Pace. What he said about, you know, uh, really going for intermission, going for exchange. I think sometimes we feel so pressured to conform to like uh, societal milestones of success. Like since you're talking about success, like, um, you know, you need to get your first job. You, know, you want to have a family. You want to make sure they are um, well cared for. And then at 60, you know, you, maybe you graduate and then you go traveling after that. Like, I feel like we should try to think outside of that. I mean, it's very easy to say like, oh, that's not conform to societal norms. But I think it's, it's something really interesting to talk about. Yeah, and with our notion of success, it's so 
part, it's so fixated in the future. It's always about where am I going to be tomorrow? Where am I going to be in, in a year, in 10 years? And I think that's why we're rushing because we just want to get to that good spot, that happy spot as fast as we can. And we're not focusing on, well, where am I now? How am I feeling now? Like, am I good today? How, why do I expect myself to be good today? I mean, bad, good tomorrow if I can't even like, figure out, oh, how am I going to start feeling better today? And I think that's when the topic of mental and physical health comes up, especially for university students, for us, and, and we're all going through it. So um, if there's nothing else to add, I'd like to move on to the next question. So um, when we're talking about mental, mental and physical health, since we do have um, Captain Tay here with us to kind of discuss this subject, do you think lecturers and tutors really care I mean, I think I'm, I bet they do, but but do you think they're proactive in helping students through the unit? And what do you, what steps do you think they're taking towards having students who are happier and healthier? I think any responsible academic staff would be concerned for the welfare of the student. Of course, sometimes we are caught up in our own job maybe even our research, our teaching, etc, etc. And it makes it difficult especially to deal with a huge number of students. It makes it difficult especially things are online. Yet we try as much possible to listen closely when people share of their experience of struggles. We also try as far possible to respond to emails that the student has been vulnerable enough to tell us their conditions. So I think these are some areas which, of course, we are very grateful for uh, students to take that brave step to tell us that they need help. And of course, we may not be professionals because we are not counsellors, we are mainly academics, to refer them to the relevant parties. But saying so, uh, we are here with an open ear to listen to struggles. Uh. Students have mentioned that along the way, even a small conversation, they feel lifted up. Uh. And uh, I want to say actually a lot of students are feeling mentally drained, exhausted, isolated and lonely. So uh, if you need help, reach out to your peers or anyone uh, if they are willing to listen. Mm-hmm. I think that's so interesting because it's really about just starting the conversation and not being, not being, not thinking that your vulnerabilities are some sort of poison and that everybody else thinks that it's a toxic trait to have vulnerabilities. So I just want to ask the host, do you think, well, tutors will try their best to, to accommodate us and make us feel better during these sessions, but do you think students support each other enough, especially in Monash? Do you, do you feel supported by your peers? Uh, for me personally, I feel like I am like, it's a bit hard, you know, it's hard just because the reason this whole online setup Number one, it's just hard to make friends in general uh, because first, imagine someone is coming in year one, year two, you know, it's quite hard. There's a lot of activities and places. Uh, Monash has been quite interactive since I've come here on an online setting in the way of they try to make friends and try to, you know, get you as comfortable as possible. But again, it's not the same as physical life. In physical life, you're actually surrounded with people you know, close friends. If you're ever stressed and tense, they can help you out. So this is a very challenging time. Uh, during the pandemic and it's harder to make friends and get that support from your peers but uh yeah i just hope that people actually do reach out make friends and also do take the support of their teachers uh like captain tay mentioned yeah i want to 
also reiterate one point which is very important. Nurul actually set the stage just now earlier when she said that uh, we are still so future-oriented and many students actually when they enter the semester during online, they quickly will look at assessments. I do not know why things have actually turned to this as compared to when we were on campus. Now it's about assessments. In the semester, very quickly, students just want to get their assignments done and of course do as well possible. That unfortunately means we may short-lift the moment. We don't live in the moment where we may go through the whole tutorial activity or the whole class or the whole topic just to explore our ideas, you know. Be, I wouldn't say be a little bit crazy, but to imagine things. How is it relatable to me? Rather than ask this question, Sir, sir, is this useful for answering individual essay question or not? Yeah, this is the unfortunate part where we we yearn to go back to Monash. Everybody of us yearn to go back on campus. But you need to recognize we are not going to rush the arms of the clock by rushing, finishing our assessment and hoping the next semester comes. Uh, let us enjoy the moment, crack a few jokes together, learn anything as much possible. Uh. I think that's something we'll really learn on online uni. Um, Ven, what do you think? Yeah, I think definitely. I, I think I'm guilty of what uh, Captain Tay says as well. Uh, I think especially on the Moodle platform, you know, all those tick boxes and you feel good about yourself. Like, oh, I did the tutorial lecture video. Uh, I did the tutorial exercise. And I think it's really about that mindset, mindset shift from studying to learning, right? Like, what to really take a step back and, and think about why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, why am I in university for? You know, it's, it's to learn, it's to uh, develop an understanding of the topics that uh, I choose to have my degree in, right? It's not about um, getting HDs, it's not about getting distinctions. Maybe there, there is a pressure to do that, but I think most importantly, just to reframe your thoughts and like say, well, I, I get to be here. And I think towards this also is sometimes students may feel that they are behind the curve as compared to peers, especially in isolation that we are on ourselves with. In, on campus, we can see absent students, for example, or the classroom, then we will assume that they are the lazy students or the poorer performing ones. By virtue, we made it on time to lecture or late for lecture, we are better than those who are absent. This observation is not available online. But we also need to sometimes see, for example, when there's forum, uh, on the Moodle that time, don't just go there and punch in your answers, see others, recognize that, hey, uh, yes, your quality is on par with others, you know, no? you're not really behind the curve greatly, but we are just this standard. Of course, we are not compared to those on the first percent percentile, but if we are in the masses, we will still get to the finish line and get to the finishing line well. So be encouraged by these kind of observations, go there, just ask questions in class, random questions to the degree you want to learn and of course conversations start about you recognize that hey not everybody is an Einstein in class but on, on online the phenomenon is such when that, that smart ass opens their mouth we assume everybody in class is that smart ass but the reality is no don't worry everybody is just I'll just know, say just one thing to add to that it's quite funny you know because of the reason that uh, in online learning because I have my register, my book, my notes, everything in front of me, unlike in physical class. So when someone asks a question, a teacher, I'm very quick to reply. And I seem like that kind of person who you just mentioned, who's really, really smart. But the honesty is that if I'm in physical class and teacher asks me a question, I will be the most blank person in the class. 
so it's quite funny that people have this image probably like you said of me as a very smart person and someone to keep an eye on in terms of competition but i'm exact opposite i'm the way like you know a type person who is not very competitive and not someone who's always chasing hds and ds it doesn't mean i don't work hard but yeah i understand your point completely and sayam you mentioned a very good point you know along the way i recognize as i assess students as well for everybody's information those who open their mouth the most may not actually be the smartest in the class according to grades <laughs> but what i appreciate about people who open their mouth to articulate questions and and ideas is they train and practice their conceptualization of ideas sometimes you open our mouth and the words come out then we recognize how stupid they sound but that practice <laughs> is really meaningful for that individual i know people are laughing here but that's the reality no. some students learn that way use that method if you are that person some people are writers so they do very well while they Uh, yeah, they practice, right. they present, or they write their reports. So recognize what type of learner you are, and you cannot be everybody. But where you're confident with what you your learning method is, do your best. Whether is it you're a person, a verbal processor, you articulate your ideas, or you're a writer, you type in the chat box, you type on forums, you do it on your essays. So know about that. It's so cool that um, you mentioned about finding about what your own learning methods are, and I think. Like what you said, university is really a platform for us for self discovery, you know, and and it's it's like a mini stadium, uh, a mini competi- uh, competition stage where we get to uh, see how to interact with uh, other students, we get to see how to connect with our lecturers and connect with our peers, and so I think university it's a very important place for self discovery. So maybe Captain Tay, in your own life, like how was University. How did that play a stepping stone for you? For how you are now, or how you were maybe in your early career? This is something very interesting, and I know I'm very grateful for Win K because Win K is going to do the editing later, if anything. Do you know actually when I I'm very fortunate to look back on the hindsight and to be able to spend almost ten years in Monash at different phases of my time. When I was entering Monash, I was that egoistic young man, ah, and. I won't deny what really I look back to discover is to knock that chip off your block because you may think that you're the smartest ass in the world. You are that one in a billion, but actually we are just that normal person along the way. To tell you the truth, this 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 interesting part. Just before I entered Monash, a year before that, actually, do you know if you heard about? Now these days, very famous is uh, X Factor, The Voice. Back then, it was American Idol, and then there was Malaysian Idol. So 16 years ago, I actually went for audition, and coincidentally, that time the there's this NTV Seven just entered uh, on national TV. Wow. So they were a new station, and because I, ent- I I I went for the audition and my singing, I felt that I was the best in the world. I personally felt. I have no degree yet, and I have shown no talent in music. I recognize, but by virtue of that, so because it's a new channel, they took the clip from so you, because there was no footage, so automatically they will take whatever footage they record and just post it on the just to fulfill the episode. And I appeared on the episode, and coincidentally, because it is a new. Uh, new TV channel. They had to take a lot of footage from all their programs, and they included me in the promotional advertisement for the for the TV station. And it appeared every day, many times. I want to say even more than Prime Minister appeared on TV throughout the whole day for almost a whole, almost eighteen months. But that fed into the my ego when I went back, went to my house. Like, ah, 
even though I can't sing and the whole world knows I can't sing, but I'm somebody. But to tell you the truth along the way, we must be honest with ourselves and accept people who give you feedback. Of course, to where to, uh, to, to take it as a stepping stone to do better. But if the person gives you honest feedback to tell you you can't sing and the person knows the music industry very well, we should listen clearly. We listen to feedback along the way from our teachers, our lecturers along the way. And to sometimes in Monash, you may feel that I want to open all doors. But by closing doors, we become more focused on what we want. And I was very fortunate to recognize that, hey, uh, I know I came to Monash and I know I'm she say when my mom a joke, please recognize your singing career is over. And it was back then before YouTube and all of these, you know or not. So I mean let's face it, some of us may still have the actor or singer thing and now you have YouTube, so you have an extra channel to do influencer, YouTuber. Back then there was no such thing and I recognize if I were to sing so much, the rain and we will flood and we will all suffer. But closing doors is very important. I recognize along the way, if if doors are closed, we focus on those that are there, we become more contented. So I was very fortunate with that and I want to say sometimes you, it is a good and important area to recognize from failure, whether is that failure momentary or a permanent one. And if it's a permanent one, don't cry over it that much because we are very fortunate to be a literate person, a graduate, a Monash graduate, you know. And there are doors out there as well which potentially we enter and we can still go back to our path, maybe being a YouTuber or whatever further down the road. Uh. I may not be a singer now, but I'm surely an entertainer, just like my students will tell you as well. Uh. So yeah, don't worry so much uh, about that. I just want to ask you two things. First of all, uh, what year did you do this in and was it Malaysian Idol? Yes, it was Malaysian Idol. Wow, it was... Do you know, actually many people don't know about this. Oh, we have forgotten about that. Uh, when did I enter Monash? Maybe 2003, 2004 that time. Eh. You know how long was that ago? Oh, Some wow, of my yeah, students maybe even born just <laughs> before that, you know. <laughs> so I'm in my mid-30s now. Times have changed. Uh. How many of you watch TV, man? You see? Uh, I did. Are you good? <laughs> yeah, you see? Yeah, but that, that is something you all know more about the tutor. La. But a lot of, just to share with you all, a lot of students actually have crazy past. A lot of lecturers actually are young ones, you know or not. And I want to say just, you know, don't feel bitter of university life overly about failures one of doors closed. You know, it's just a phase in life. So I want to say, don't take things so seriously. Yeah, just try things, learn about self, learn about other things. That's university, man. It's one of the safest places in the world. I think that's such a comforting mentality to have. Like, if I'm gonna fail, I should do it now, where the where I'm supposed to fail. I, I think I just think that's a good tip to give yourself. A lot of the times when you feel like you're stuck in a certain place. Yeah, I think Nurul mentioned a very good point. We must ask ourselves really in life: Are we never going to fail? Some people believe, uh, if in business, they should fail fast to fail. That is their motto, minimum via product, fast to fail. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's the best way to do it, but we recognize there at times we need to assume more risk. Is this the time we should? In this learning environment, in this environment where we potentially uh, have less responsibilities, important responsibilities, yes, but our financial commitment may be less, etc, etc. And therefore, and we take this risk with calculated returns, you know. We are not saying that we are going to gamble it 
in terms of uh, taking Manchester United or Manchester City. We are not going to do those kind of crazy things, but it's to examine where do I place myself better in terms of career? What do I really like about this world such that I can pursue my passions? Can my passions be a career? Etc. Etc. along the way. I mean, we have only three years and a lot of busy weeks along the way. So do all these kind of things. Uh. It's not always about filling up your resume with uh, you know, the best of companies or making it so damn long. But by sometimes knowing yourself better, you may not get your dream job immediately, but you have a job which you are very satisfied in because you are confident in yourself. Uh. Okay, I think that's a really good note to end this part of the, the interview on. Um, how about, since this whole podcast is about successful semester after this conversation you guys what do you want to learn this semester what do you think if you learn i'll be successful this semester i i for me it's just you know the units i have try to learn the most from them not just focus on assessments but the small information the small steps like uh, i was going to say master again captain day mentioned <laughs> so uh just focus on that and, you know, enhance my skills through these kind of extracurriculars like podcast hosts and stuff like that. It's just really helpful for me. So that's all. I, I think for me, uh, I think to be okay with the discomfort that I get from my feelings, right? Like feeling is one thing, but being uh, uncomfortable in that, you know, knowing that perhaps you, you might have failed others, but knowing that it, it's okay to just pick yourself up again and get on and get on with it. But I think always that initial like knee-jerk reaction is to is to really think that oh my, my life is like oh what what am I gonna do now if I really feel at this stage? But the fact that um Captain Tay said that it's okay to feel like I think that really serves as a reminder to me and I think also to all the students who are listening to this podcast. Yeah. Nuru, how about you? I think what I want from this semester is to just sit down and, and feel comfortable and find 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 a place to rest in by the end of the semester, I think that that's something that I want for myself right now. Just take care of, taking care of myself. So, yeah. So, Dr. Tay, what do you challenge students? What do you challenge us uh, as hosts? I think one thing you all have done very well today is that you all have set it out there what you intend, uh, your expectations and your measurement of success for the semester. And I think it will be unfair when we look at hindsight and then we shift the bar. Many people actually do that and recognize they have failed the past semester and or didn't achieve the outcome when we measure on hindsight with a shifted bar. And we set out today, I want to get good results, I just need rest. And that is very important because you may have a longer journey ahead. So go ahead. I want to challenge everybody and I'm very fortunate that Siam Nurul and Vern has called me Captain Tay because I want to tell you all, as academics, we are on your side. We want to get you all out of Monash as soon as possible through the same door you all came in. Let me tell you all that. Because uh, we are educators, that is our role. We are here not to make your life difficult per se, but we hope you all learn something. Success to all of us, including academics and students, is we are in a learning institute. Ankora Imparo means we will never stop learning. And for us as well, what are we learning today? We are learning, of course, as an academic, learning more about the subject. How can it be relevant to a maybe different generation of people who are the future or maybe even the present which we have lagged behind? So ask yourself, 
as listeners today, what do you desire to learn within the next 10 weeks, within the next two years, if you still have two years of Monash life there? What do you plan to learn more about yourself, a language, a skill, more about a company you wish to join. When I did my PhD, I wanted to tell you all, I went in with a lot of balls, but I, I went in with a scholarship because I didn't have to pay the fees, didn't have to pay the fees, but I asked this question and I was willing to fail my PhD. Come on, man, how many people got a PhD? But it brought along tremendous stress along the way. I asked myself this question, how did I, how do I want to fit myself into the social sector of Malaysia? During my discovery and writing my thesis, of course, I spent a lot of time discovering, speaking to people, understanding research, speaking to supervisors or academics in this environment. What do you want to learn? And I was very fortunate with the scholarship uh, to uh, discover these things and very supportive of supervisors along the way to complete my thesis. Academics are there to help you cross the finishing line. They're not there to trip you. Don't think that we set assessments to trip you. What do you want to learn? And share it sometimes with others so that, hey, Captain Tay very often knows in class, oh, do you want to set up a business? Oh, actually, you want to do this in life. Monash is just a stepping stone, not really for a fantastic career, but to go into your family business, you have different expectations. Sometimes academics need to know this. And your peers need to know this to recognize, I want to be your greater friend or I want you to sit opposite me. So just be open about it. What do you want to learn? Set it up find some accountability then success mm. is there thank you so much thank you so much Captain Tay for joining us today I think Simon will we'll start the closing yeah, remarks so thank you so much sir for joining us uh, it's been a really really nice time talking to you today for all those who are wondering uh, Captain Tay as we like to call him, call him uh, teaches three <laughs> three year, uh, year three units strategic management organizational change and international management He's a really great teacher. I can personally vouch with him. He's teaching me international management this year. And you know, all those who have an opportunity, please do be in his class. Not only is just a great teacher, but he's going to help you out, treat you like a friend and be there to answer all of your questions. Uh, once again, thank you so much, sir, for joining us. All those who want to uh, check him out on Malaysian Idol <laughs> 2004. Uh, if you guys can find any clips of your future or current teacher, go ahead, try to find it. You might be lucky. And uh, I'll just say this in the end, that do check out the Musa elections, which are currently happening, and you'll find more information on Musa's Instagram page. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next next week. Uh, any last remarks you would like to say, Captain T? I wish you guys all the best uh, and enjoy the moment uh, in in Monash itself. Musa has been a fabulous platform to support you all and it has really transformed from my time 15 years ago and how well it has been down to earth recent in recent years to voice out concerns for the student, reach out to them and if you really want to play a part of even defining the success for Monash students, hey man, run for elections. And just to tell the truth, I ran for elections actually during my second year and I lost so find out why people like you and why people don't like you. I finished second place out of four parties, which I am very grateful because I didn't have to spend the third year <laughs> in office and as a result, failed to learn other things which I cherish so much during my third year. But that was me and you, this is your time now. So make the most out of Musa elections to come together as a team to define the success and challenge others to that bar that you set. 
Uh, thank you so much, sir. Uh, guys, let us know if you want to uh, listen to any specific topic next to next week on our Instagram page on Musa. And see you all next to next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.